This is Pathfinder, a weekly moment dedicated to seeking Jesus and building deeper faith. My name is Derek Glover, and I'm a preacher serving the Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin. I invite you to open your heart, mind, and Bible and study along today as we seek to know Jesus better through God's Word. Whether you've been a lifelong Christian or are simply curious, there's room for you here and room for us to grow together. An interesting thing happens when you move from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. And it causes a lot of questions sometimes because I think our human brains tend to view life in general as something that's transactional. You do good things, you get good things. You do bad things, you get bad things. And when we look at the Old Testament, we see a God who is dealing with his people in this manner. He has given them a law, a law that will preserve them, a law that will protect them and a law that is meant to bring them into a closer relationship with him. Now, we know the whole story. We know that the whole story involves the coming of Christ and the, the doing away of that kind of transactional relationship with, with God because Jesus ushered in a new covenant, a covenant that is bound by faith, faith in Christ. We no longer follow the old law, the Jewish law, the law of Moses. We no longer are required to keep all of these ordinances in order to be saved. Salvation comes from Jesus and faith in him and faith expressing itself. And so that leaves us with this strange question sometimes of, you know, where does obedience fit into that picture? Uh, Aren't we supposed to do good things in order to go to heaven? That's kind of how the world uh, frames that discussion, that if you do enough good things and the good things outweigh the bad things, then you'll go to heaven. And if not, you'll go to hell. So how does the New Testament and how do the writers of the New Testament deal with the question of obedience? Because it is a bit of a, a conundrum if, if in fact the old law, the old transactional method of getting nearer to God through obedience has been set aside in favor of a, a righteousness by faith, as Paul writes in the New Testament. Faith in Jesus Christ brings you into a relationship with God according to what we read in the New Testament. So what does the rest of that new covenant say about obedience? Are there not some rules to follow? Are there not some laws to abide by? Can't we miss out on heaven if we make mistakes? Well, the difference is not in whether or not obedience is expected or desired by God. It most certainly is. God definitely has a standard to which his people must live. The The problem is that there's that, that we are putting the cart before the horse if we put obedience at the forefront of the new covenant. It's not that obedience has been done away with, and if you believe in Jesus, you can just live however you want. It's that whereas the Old Testament taught obedience to reach a relationship with God, the New Testament teaches a relationship with God is given to us through Christ, and then how that affects our life is where the source of our obedience comes. Think of it this way. Here was the plan. God said, do these things and you can be with me. That's the old covenant. Now, little little hint here, God never intended that to be the final say. God didn't just set that law out there and then when the people failed to be able to keep it, he brought Jesus along. Jesus wasn't, uh, you know, the, the break glass in case of emergency kind of savior. Jesus was there from the beginning always intended to be a part of the story. But that law was given to to the, the Jews and to the Israelites in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant in order that it would provide a contrast between a transactional kind of relationship with God where we do good and get good with a faith-centered 
relationship with God, a grace and love-centered relationship with God, so that we could see that trying to achieve salvation on our own is a fool's errand. We're going to fail. We're going to be weak. And we have to recognize that weakness in order to cry out to God for salvation. And in crying out, he sent Jesus. And he said, believe in him, follow him, and you can be with me. Um, and so we do. So where does that leave us with obedience? Does that mean that's it? I just say I'm, I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm good to go? Well, we teach that baptism is a part of that faith response to the gospel. And we teach based on scripture that we come to a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And part of that faith is repentance of our sin. Part of that faith is a confession of Jesus Christ, of course, as Lord and Savior. And part of that faith is the expression in baptism where we are met in the water with the grace of God through the blood of Christ. We are clothed with Christ, uh, according to Galatians 3, 26 and 27, when we enter into that water. So I want to point out now what the New Testament says about obedience. And are there some, some things written in the New Testament that say, do this and don't do this? Yes, absolutely. But most often, those types of phrases are framed in this way. I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Okay, we'll stop there at the end of the second verse for just a second. Paul is writing something very similar to what he's written before. Look to the book of Romans if you want to see this very plainly stated, Romans chapter 6. Uh, he says, listen, we're no longer living in a time where keeping the law and obedience is going to get you to God. That's not how it ever worked. We are living in a time of Christ. We are living in the time of grace and of faith. And so you have been buried. I'm, I'm reading into it here because to, to understand the word raised. When we're baptized, it's described as a death, burial, and resurrection, right? We are we are. We die to ourselves. We die to this world in, in, when we go down into the water. We're buried with him. And then we are raised, the Bible says, to walk in newness of life. So Paul is repeating that concept, that uh, symbol, that if we've been raised with Christ, that is, we've come out of that water clothed in Christ with a faith in Jesus Christ that saves us, if you've been raised with him, keep, keep on seeking him and seek the things that are above, the things that are eternal. When we think of above, we, that obviously brings to mind thoughts of heaven. He's talking about the eternal. Keep your mind focused on the eternal, not the temporary. That's the things of this earth. Set your minds on the things that are eternal, verse 2, that are above, that are in heaven, and not on the things of earth, because that's where Jesus is. Jesus is dwelling with the Father. He is now dwelling in an eternal realm. Think on the things that are eternal, not the temporary things of the earth. Now listen to verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Now he goes on in those verses later, and you can read it yourself in Colossians chapter 3, to talk about specific things that are bad for us. Specific things that are sinful, that are evil, that will sully our hearts and our souls that we need to avoid. But he does not frame the avoidance of those things or the obedience to any rule or ordinance or law as that which saves us. Whereas before, under the old covenant, it was follow the law, obey the rules, do, do what you're told, 
and you will receive a relationship with God. You will be in good standing with God. Now, because of Jesus, under the new covenant, he is saying it's not just about not doing wrong and doing more right. It's about what motivates you and guides you and where do you find the source of your salvation. It's in Jesus. Because Jesus died and in baptism you died with him, and just as Jesus was raised to be eternal, when you come out of that water clothed with Christ, you are eternal. You have an eternal uh, portion of you that is going to dwell with the Father one day, so keep your mind on the eternal things. Rather than obeying to get a reward, God gave us the reward, and we obey in response to that gospel. We obey in response. He's saying, hey, you know, it's not about just, just checking the boxes and keeping the law and you can get to heaven. It's that God opened the door to heaven through Christ. And you put aside yourself and you put aside the world in order to receive Christ in baptism. How can it even be possible for your mind to be on evil things? Now, are we weak? Yes. Do we fail? Yes. Do we sin? Absolutely. But thanks to God, and I mean that, thank, thank God that through Christ, it is not those things on which my salvation rests. It is on Christ. And when I am in Christ, that means I have forgiveness for sin. Even though God knows I'm going to commit sin, he forgave it anyway. It's that my mind is not is to be set, set on um, obedience as a response, not obedience as merit. I'm not obeying to earn anything. God gave it to me. I don't have the power to get to heaven on my own. I'm only going to heaven because Jesus Christ died in my place. And that changes the way I think. That changes the way I live. I don't live my life focused on choosing right or wrong for this life. I live my life focused on who died in my place and how I should live in response to that. So today, set your mind on things above. Think about the eternal, not the temporary. Think about Jesus the love that he demonstrated in his death on the cross, and what that means about how you should live. That's all the time we have this week for Pathfinder. I hope you have found it to be an enjoyable and uplifting experience, maybe something that's caused you to think about some things you hadn't before, and maybe give you reason to open your Bible and get into the Word a little deeper. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me through the Monroe Church of Christ website, monroechurchofchrist.org. You'll find contact information there, as well as previous episodes of Pathfinder that you can listen to at your convenience. If you're in the Monroe area, we certainly hope you would come and get to know us in person. You can find our meeting times and location on that website uh, also, and we hope we get to meet you in the future. Until next time, I'm Derek Glover. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may he make his face to shine upon you, and may he give you peace.